1: Steelers has officially dropped, so you know that could only mean one thing. It is 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and you're tuned in to Steelers Nation Radio, and more importantly, this is the Steelers Blitz, Arthur Most Wesley Euler, and we're ready to have some fun. One of us, decade-long NFL experience, the other with an amazing head of hair, but either way, we both are rabid college football fans, and we <laughs> both have exciting times happening with our college football teams, but either way. We got a game to break down because it is officially a victory Wednesday. Victory <laughs> victory, victory Victory. It's a beautiful Wednesday. In New Times, that time's the most host, you know we finna cut up so well. Ha ha ha. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we do like to keep this show really, really interactive. So man, hit us up on the Twitter.com at thebody 52 da The body and at Wesley Euler. The good hair. And in this first segment, we just want your initial reactions to Monday night's game. You've had some time now to, you know, give your instant reaction, your non-instant reaction, your hangover reaction, and your just outside of the twenty-four-hour rule reaction.
0: Ah,
1: but either way, we want all that. We want all your energy, man. So let us know your thoughts on the game, man. We obviously had some uh, interesting storylines that took place, both from a team perspective and from an individual player's perspective. But did want to just you know start with your initial reaction to the game Monday night?
0: Total team victory. Um, you know, you and I, you and I came in here after uh, after Cincinnati, and I talked about how. Some people will try and blame the defense. Some people will try and blame the offense. They'll try and blame the coaching staff. They'll try and blame Kenny Pickett. They'll try and blame whoever. That everybody had to wear that loss to the Bengals. Well, I think everybody gets to enjoy, gets to claim their stake in this victory against the Colts. You had it at times from the defense. You had it at times from the offense. You had... A whole bunch of guys putting their hand in that pile on the offensive side of the football. Uh, you had your special teams. Now, that was a mixed bag, obviously, because the return game was certainly a negative. But Matthew Wright, once again, back-to-back two solid weeks, and you needed those points from him. Um, Kenny Pickett, I think, playing his best 60 minutes uh, as a, as an NFL starter, getting his first win on the road, and his first win in primetime as well, too. Uh, that's kind of my initial reaction there, Motsi. Total team victory uh there Monday night in Indianapolis uh, against a Colts team that we knows going through it obviously they brought in Jeff Saturday they fired their offensive coordinator they fired their head coach um but they did enough in the second half to make that a very interesting game and and the Steelers were able to to do enough to to secure victory on the road there in a, in a uh, an important W in Indy Yeah
1: man um I like a lot of the things you just said right there honestly um for me man I had similar thoughts um Definitely a tale of two halves, but very promising performance as a whole. When you talk about the way that this team was able to start offensively and defensively, when we focus on the offense, 24 points is, what, three weeks in a row now where they scored over 23 weeks in a row where they've been very efficient at times on offense. Uh, You think of that first half, five drives, four scoring drives. Now we can get into, you know, touchdowns versus field goals, obviously, but four scoring drives out of five possessions Yeah, we've come a long way. (laughs) We've come a long way. Look how far we've come. (laughs) All right. But um, even when we did have adversity, right, and it wasn't in the sense of necessarily a lot of bad play or play calling in that third quarter, but it was still good to see them respond in the fourth quarter when it was time to have it and we had to have it, not only executing a long 11-play drive, but also the two-point conversion to – essentially put that game at a seven-point margin versus it being, you know, the four-point or five-point margin that it was um, initially. So I definitely like that part from an offense perspective defensively. It was good to see, number one, that you could handle the running game and certain elements of it. Now, part of that the Colts could have, you know, or should have stuck with a little bit more. But, hey, man, to each their own. Mm -hmm. We did enough to make them second-guess it, and I thought that we defended the pass well enough. And it was one of those things where we had to pick our poison. We said we will allow Jelani Woods to have favorable matchups, but we're not going to allow Jonathan Taylor to take over this game. You're not going to stop everything, but I thought that that was the right decision, and it obviously was ex- executed at a high enough level where the coach were only able to score 17 points. But as a whole, man, I-, I would agree, man. Um, And even from a special teams perspective, could the return game in terms of the coverage element been better? Yeah. But at the same time, I still want to highlight Connor Hayward because if he doesn't get that tackle, I mean, granted, they still end up scoring, but it just changes the energy. It changes the vibe of it. If it's that first play out of the half, they run that kickoff back versus you at least getting down and make them have to just go through the formalities of snapping it a couple of times, making it a little bit dicey. Like it's just, it's different energy wise. And I'm speaking from experience as a guy who's been on a team where we've ran it out, you know, coming out of that halftime and it just is different. And I've been on a guy where you're on the opposing team, and it's like, oh, man. This this, just got real, huh? This is real. (laughs) But to see them as a whole be able to overcome the adversity, I definitely like that. And to go back also, um, guys that we criticized. Kenny Pickett, some of the things that we've challenged him on. He continues to improve in those areas. It's not perfect, no, but the improvement is there. Matt Canada, areas that we've always criticized him on. Once again, we've seen him put together a couple of weeks here as well of proven progress. So, like I said, as a whole, man, it was just a really good situation across the board, man. So, like I said, I definitely liked that. But um, with that being the case, we do have to start with the elephants in the room. Okay. And we know that everybody wants to talk about Alex Highsmith. Officially 10 sacks on the season. How about
0: they, that? They... How about hello,
1: that? hello, hello, hello.
0: Yeah, he's having a great year, man. He really is. He's He's been effective in the run game. Even when he hasn't got, you know, even mm-hmm. when the sack numbers haven't been there in an in like a, in an individual game, yeah. he's still been there with the pressures and the consistency. It's it's not like he is boom or bust in that regard. Correct. Like he has been so steady, um, and I think now, especially these last couple weeks that TJ's back and is commanding some more attention, you're even seeing that. Like man, Alex Eismith is a very good player, and I think he's starting to get that respect across across the NFL. But at the same time, too, right? Like when you're viewed from the other team's side as the number two guy in that equation man that really that gives you some opportunity to to disrupt some games and oh no you
1: better believe it and he's done that and i did think that the defensive line um in particular man at times they really did a good job Mm -hmm. controlling the line of scrimmage run game definitely passing game wise i thought we could really see that hostile environment at times still wasn't to the level that we're all the way accustomed to just yet sure but it was very very nice to see um the other elephant in the room, though, that I was referring to, obviously, was on the offense side of the
0: ball. Okay, I know. I know you always like to talk offense, okay. so I appreciate you start with the defense yeah, there first. Yeah, but
1: um, Benny Snell, man, how about it? How about some Benny Snell football, man? How are you feeling, man? Did you see the Kentucky product?
0: I love it. Go back out there, vintage style, I, bumbling,
1: stumbling, bumbling.
0: I absolutely loved it. I mean. <laughs> Motsi, <laughs> you funny, you funny. We all knew that that Jalen Warren was not going to play, Correct. obviously. So yep. you were going to need somebody else to step up as that number two guy. But then Najee goes down, and all of a sudden you are like, "Oh man, what's, what's oh, going on? Mama. Are we going to see Kenny throwing the ball fifty times again?" That you and I have talked about that we do not that we do not want to see that we do not right. think that right now that that's how this team is constructed. This offense is constructed to win games. What Benny Snell was able to do over five yards a carry. What Anthony McFarlane Jr. was able to do, five yards a carry. Those two, you combine them and they almost went for 100 yards together, over 90 yards if you combine the two. And man, that was massive. And especially for Benny Motsi. You know, I was... Uh, Yesterday, I mean, you know how it works. I think most oh, of our yeah. listeners do, too. But, you know, it was about 3 in the morning on Tuesday when we got back from Indy. Uh, Max is flying back to Arizona. So I did the show yesterday mm-hmm. in the locker room with Wolf. And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Benny Snell and, and, and Anthony McFarland Jr. And I was looking up some numbers. Rookie season, Benny Snell got over 100 carries. Sophomore season, Benny Snell got over 100 carries. Mm-hmm. His third year, just 36 carries last year. And then this year he had none going into Mm -hmm. last night to go from that to what he did. uh, You could speak better than this to me. Obviously you're, you're the one with a decade of NFL experience, but to stay mentally engaged like that, to stay locked in like that, to be ready for your opportunity when he's in his fourth year, I mean, he could very easily say, you know what? It hasn't worked out for me here in Pittsburgh, particularly this year. I'm not getting any opportunity. It's Najee Harris. It's Jalen Warren. I'm kind of buried here as a special teams guy. What's my next move? Am I going to be able to go somewhere else where I'm going to be able to get a chance? What's the rest of my NFL? Like, very easily, he could have checked out mentally in that regard, and it would have been tough to blame him. But that speaks to his professionalism. You've said this before. It's not if. It's when you're going to get an opportunity in this league. He got his on Monday night in prime time when the team desperately needed him, and uh, and he took that opportunity, and here comes the pun, ran with it. Uh, that was that was great to see from Benny Snell. Good for him, good for Anthony McFarland Jr., and, uh, and and tip of the cap to those guys.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that Coach Tomlin always talks about. I don't want you to wait patiently. You hear people say all the time, man, I'm patiently waiting. Hey, man, I'm just waiting my turn, waiting my turn. Coach Tomlin will never ask you to wait patiently. What he will ask you to do is to work while you wait, though. And that's one of those concepts that is not always easy to do because as you broke it down, 100 carries, 100 carries, 30 carries, zero carries leading into Monday night's game. So, yeah, to mentally check out would be human nature. It would be common practice. But at the same time, that is stuff that even dating back to training camp, when we talk about what? We say, hey, man, you can't allow the day-to-day to to dictate your preparation. You can't allow – the highs or the lows of a performance to dictate how you're gonna prepare mentally, physically. Sure. And this is a prime example of that. This is number one, you're we're tipping our cap to him for being a professional. We say it's a difference. The guys who've been in this league, you got pros and you got professionals. A pro prepares like that when they know they're gonna get a hundred touches for the season. A pro prepares like that when they know, hey man, I'm gonna get 30 touches. I gotta at least be kinda aware. (laughs) But a pro isn't preparing like that when they know, hey, I'm backing up Najee Harris, oh Jalen Warren as well. Oh man, I ain't gonna never get a touch. Nah, they don't do that. Nah,
0: you don't got to. Right. I'll just, I'll I'll take care of my special teams role. It ain't gonna happen. Right.
1: Until it does, and then they get caught and they get exposed. Right. But a professional says, it does not matter at what stage of my career. I mean, it doesn't matter at what stage of my role is on this team. Specifically on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to prepare physically and mentally Mm -hmm. as if I'm the starter. Yep. And Benny Snell doesn't have to ever come out and publicly say that he did that. You know why? Because the tape shows it.
0: Actions speak louder than words. Zero
1: doubt in my mind that he had been preparing as if he was the starter. Because number one, you watch how he ran. That's cardio. That's conditioning.
0: Yes, it is.
1: I can tell you firsthand. If all you're doing is special teams practice, that's the only run you get. You're gonna gain weight in season. <laughs> I can I can promise you that. In fact, I've seen it firsthand. You will gain weight if all you do is rely you on your you special teams practice. Not personal experience, but but, seen but first I've seen okay. it firsthand. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't play them games. No, 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 I won't go do that now. But I've definitely seen it where guys are like, bro, I've gained 15 What's pounds. What's going on here? Because all I do is run on special teams and that's it.
0: Take a couple sprints down the field that's every it. week and that's, that's it. That's it. Yep.
1: So you talk about the first element to show me that he had been preparing was that. Man, you don't run that hard for that many quarters along with sustaining the punishment that he was getting while covering kicks because he did
0: have a tackle on kickoff. He don't did. get, no, Don't forget he that did. now. Okay. And he looked like he was getting stronger as the Absolutely. game. He could have played another
1: quarter. So that first off lets me know the conditioning part. The second thing is this. blowing assignments. did you see any? Were there any glaring things where we're like, man, miss, mix up with the handoff? He
0: went left when Kenny right, went right. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Hey, man, the, the protection set for him to go this way. He runs the complete wrong way. None of that either, right?
0: Nope. He was, he was, he was buttoned up.
1: Even when we saw him in pass protection, even when he had to leak out to have some, some routes, everything was buttoned up. And that's the mental element of it and that's why for me man i was just really proud of that moment because as a person who's experienced that man where you go from you're playing a lot and now you're not playing at all that does with you mentally man and it is not the easiest thing to do but when you do do it and it is rewarded in the way that it did work out for benny is it's always one of those things where it just reminds you that the game is real to you man if you don't cheat the game the game won't cheat you and that's the one thing that, you know, I thought Monday night really showed, not just for Benny Snell, but Anthony McFarlane as well. Absolutely. He'd been on practice squad all season. How many carries has he had this year? Think about it. None. We, we talk about Benny <laughs> Snell being surpassed by yeah, Jalen that's Warren. That's true. Anthony McFarlane was what? What round are we draft him in? Okay.
0: And he's not even okay. getting a helmet on he game wasn't days. Get, he
1: was on practice squad. Yep. So you talk about leapfrogged as well, but once again, it's A little bit easier for Benny because Benny was getting helmets. Benny was at least playing on Sundays in terms of special teams, You at least
0: got a role. Right. Yeah.
1: McFarland, he wasn't even getting that. So to at least see how he had been preparing because, once again, when you saw him out there, flashed, right? Speed, under control, contact balance. Looked the part. Conditioning looked good. Yeah. Wasn't overwhelmed. That's all preparation. That's all working while you wait. 100%. And that's the type of stuff that you love, and that's the stuff that when you talk about why the Steelers' culture is the way that it is, when you hear us talk about Next Man Up, when you hear us talk about the standard being the standard, this is what we refer to, and this is the true definition of it. Not what we see on social media, what hot-take media people will do to kind of create a narrative. Call them out. This is what we're referring to. When we say the standard is the standard, I do not care about your feelings or your personal thoughts on your role on this team. If your role at this moment is you're the backup running back, but you're the starting right gunner, like, I need you to be that. And I need you to do it to the best of your ability. But I also need you to be preparing because if I do have a moment in time where it might be week 13, and I'm going to need you, Benny Snell. <laughs> I'm going to need you, okay? I'm going to need you to tote this rock at least 12 times, okay? I'm going to need you. I'm going to need. I'm gonna throw the ball to you too, okay? And I'm going to need you to cover these kicks. I'm going to need a tackle from you as well. But it ain't going to happen to week 13. Right, right. I don't have Stay time. Ready. I don't have time for you <laughs> to give me your lip service, your opinion. I don't have time for you to say, Coach, why? Because hey,
0: Coach, you just going to keep me on the shelf till then.
1: Because you just never know when it's going to happen. It happened this week for him, great, but who knows when it's going to come again? We know that Najee. I mean, the abdominal injury reports from Ian Rappaport or that is not as significant, so he could be back this week. So he might not even get another opportunity to. That's a good point. To follow this up That's until good. another couple of weeks down the line. That's a good point. But once again, for him. Be a professional. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. And we're talking the standard being the standard. When Coach Simon goes into those meeting rooms today and he's highlighting plays, he's gonna bring up Benny Snow. You know why he's gonna bring him up? Because when he's talking to Ben, he's gonna be talking to a Robert Spillane, who's been in this role as a backup, who's at times didn't even see the field until he got an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. He'll point to him and be like, That's another guy that's done that, right? Could also point to Devin Bush who had some success early on, kind of fell off a little bit, right? Had people questioning his role and now this year to see how he's really come back along.
0: Kendra Green.
1: Okay, we can go down this yeah, list, right? Certainly. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what when we talk about this culture and why the guys fight as hard as they do, why they prepare as much as they do, not just the high end guys, not just your TJ Watch, Shamika Fitzpatrick's, it's easy for those guys, right? So to speak, because we know right, what they're right what they're chasing. But we're talking the mid-tier, the bottom of the roster guys, the guys that don't have job security. I'm talking your, your, your James Pierre's. Oh, what, that's another name, right? Went from being the starter week one a year ago to at times not getting a helmet to now you got to be back out there playing big boy football again. Oh, get you an interception too. Like that type of stuff, man. Absolutely. That is what Coach Tomlin, that is what Mr. Rooney, that is what Kevin Colbert, and now Omar Khan will be continuing forward. But, this is what it's about.
0: You are absolutely right. And you as, as someone who spent four years as, as part of that culture and part of that standard, you can you can speak to that even better than I, mean, I can. Dude, but My
1: story, when you think about just my start there. Yeah. My first three games, zero snaps. And well not zero snaps, but it felt like zero snaps considering what I was coming from. Vinny <laughs> be, snow conversation. Well,
0: zero snaps. Well, not zero snaps. Be, it be, felt be, like zero be, you, snaps.
1: You said you said beating went from a hundred touch a hundred carries in one season to like thirty. I was, that going was from, I was going from, like, yo, I'm the starter. I'm out here to, sure. hey, you're going to get, like, three plays for, like, three games. And I'm like, hold on, bro. Hold on. We ain't signed up for this. Hold on. <laughs> Wife, you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't signed up for this. <laughs> but next man up, you have to prepare. And that was the thing you have to learn. You have to prepare because you never know. I didn't know Jarvis would get hurt. Three games into this thing, sure. and that changes everything. Sure. For Benny, like I said, it took him 13 weeks for this opportunity to come for him, but
0: he capitalized it Came on knocking. Him. He capitalized on it, man. And he was ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? In the bigger picture, mozi of everything you just laid out, that's why I'm never one of these people that's going to be like, well, this season doesn't matter. Let's just lose some games and get a better draft pick. Because it's, make it's it makes it sense. It's a it's a culture that you instill. Yep. That every every game, every week, we every season. And you can't have it both ways. We are going to win every single game, and that starts with defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. T.J. Watt, who's your highest paid player and one of the highest paid in the league, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way down to the bottom of the roster. To Cody White.
1: But that is why, ultimately, and shout-out to Cody White, who also played a very significant he role sure in special teams he sure did. and in the run game, he was a big, big part of some of those blocks on the perimeter. So shout-out to Cody White. But um going back to what you were just saying right there in the sense of you can't have one foot in, one foot out. And I right. think that's the biggest right. difference in terms of fans versus athletes. When you think of a fan, man, they are so passionate, but they are so, like – it can waver very quickly, right? If you start out the season 6-0, and oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. You lose 6 in a row, we're the worst team ever, right? Fire everybody. This team sucks. I don't Burn want to it show up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those are very polar opposites, even though we all say, hey, I'm still supporting the team, even though we've just drastically changed our whole mentality. And fans will create a logic behind that, right? Oh, well, yeah. What do the numbers say? Well, if you can't get a championship, well, then we should get a better draft pick because a better draft pick means we get a better player. A better player has to mean a championship, right? No it's not always about just having better players. It's about the culture. It's about the commitment. It's about the camaraderie. It's about the effort. It's about the mentality. Mm
0: -hmm. Those
1: are the things that you don't get just by getting a draft pick. Those are the things that you don't understand if you haven't been in those locker rooms, if you haven't been a part of that culture. And that's why for fans it's a lot easier for them to react the way that they do. But that's why you always see or hear the players and coaches and people within the organizations. It's always very drastically different. Or a lot of times very drastically different than the tone of the messaging from the fan base, case in point, Matt Canada. We've been hollering about firing Matt Canada, right? But within the organization, it's like, no, because we've seen what he's been doing. We can see his improvement. We can see the growth. We can see the development. And now we can pair that with Kenny, and now we have tangible results. But it's like, hey, if we would have just flipped on it a couple weeks ago, you know, when we we're still trying to figure some of these things out, you don't get to this stage. But as a player, as a coach, you never allow your mind to waver from we are getting better, 1% better each day, 1% better each day. I don't care what the result ended it, Ended what? and for that game, hey, 1% better. Did we get better? All right, what can we do to get better? It's always we're stepping forward. And when you have that mindset, that mentality, you don't look at it as we have an option or an out.
0: Right, right. It's
1: We're going to fix this because we can, because we know what we're capable of, because nobody gets to this level without having to overcome a ton of adversity. So when you talk about these guys and their belief and how they know each other, and how they can believe in their potential to right a ship, to right a wrong, that is why. But it can't be today I believe that, tomorrow I don't. Hey, right. man, it's Tuesday, we won. Hey, man, I feel like we're the best team ever. Oh, man, we lost. So now next Wednesday, man, I'm second guessing how good we well, are. Well,
0: let's just lose these last few games, That's... and then that way we can draft that tackle out of right. Penn State.
1: That's losing culture. That's a losing mentality. And that is not how you have success at this level, nor how you make it to this level, nor how you sustain that success. Absolutely.
0: And that's why every year in the draft, Motsy, it's it's the same. You look at the top ten of the draft, and the same four or five franchises are in it every year. And they uh, might, you, know, you know how many teams you might have a year where no. you go to the playoffs and you're not, and then yeah. you're right back there the next but, year. But we always laugh
1: because we always say how it's always draft, draft, draft. But as you just brought up, a lot of times the same teams. I think to myself Cleveland Browns. Yep. How many top 10 picks have they had in the past 10 years or a top whole bunch. 15 picks they've had in the past a 15 whole years bunch. in contrast to us. But if the draft is the end all be all, why aren't they drastically better than us? We talk the Carolina Panthers. You talk the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jets, you talk the Detroit Lions. Lions. You talk the New York Jets. You talk Houston, the New York Texans. Like, we can go down the list, but this is why as athletes The draft talk gets annoying at times because we've seen countless first round, second round, third round guys come in. And let's be real, fans as well, y'all can think short term last five years, last 10 years still was first round draft picks, second round draft picks. Have each and every one of them been surefire, this is your starter for the next 10 years? The answer is no.
0: Nope.
1: But that is also why culturally – you can't set the president that the draft is more important than winning. And that is something that here in Pittsburgh, we've never, <laughs> from my understanding, that has never been a mixed message. Winning has always been the most important thing here.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: a draft pick. Not can we make the fans happy. It's winning. And as long as that remains the culture, you'll still get these type of things. You'll also get the confetti type stuff, right? We talk about six Lombards. we talk about S Championship games, we talk about playoff games, we talk about division wins. You don't get all of that without that mentality, without that being ingrained in this thing. And this is what you get at times. But like I said, when it's a year like this where we are kind of going through that sure. mixed bag of, sure. man, we're kind of talented, but we don't execute as consistently as we need to. We can see how good we are, but, man, maybe we need another piece. Now you kind of get this, dang, maybe we should try to like lose. But it's like, no. That's not the approach here in Pittsburgh. That's not how they work.
0: The disappointment to me, Mozi, is always greater than the desire, is yeah. always more favorable than the desire. Yeah. And what I mean by that is a, a, a lot of people probably heard what you just said there, and they said, well, yeah, Motz, but, you know, in the last decade, we've only won three playoff games mm-hmm. or whatever the number is. That disappointment is better than the desire of, oh, man, I wish we could make I the playoffs. I wish we
1: could make the playoffs.
0: Mm-hmm. I. There's, there's, I think, a lot of parallels to that with the Steelers and what we've seen over the last decade. With, with, you know, what the Penguins are going through right now with mm-hmm. Crosby and Malkin and Letang and those guys getting to the end of their career. Yeah. Like, you, you would rather be disappointed that you didn't reach your ultimate goal than just to have the desire of, man, I'd love to win a playoff game. Like... <laughs> you imagine, you imagine the scenes in Detroit if they could win
1: a playoff game. Or just think about it, even in the sense of no losing seasons how we talk about that how that's become like a, a joke and a, a in negative way. right yeah. And it's like the first prerequisite to winning a Super Bowl is what? <laughs>
0: you got to have Having a winning a record. record. Motzi, I'm not a football historian, <laughs> but no one's ever won a Super Bowl with a losing record. I'll tell you that right now.
1: It's just like, man, the, the first prerequisite. We don't even care about that. That's what we're saying. We would rather take that step away from us. <laughs> right? And that's why,
0: whether whether you're four and seven or you're yeah. seven and four or you're somewhere in between or you're eight and zero oh and a oh, you prepare the same yeah. way you gotta week in way, week out every single week and the, and that's a I think that's a cultural thing that gets yeah. instilled and that gets back to when you see all these guys Benny yeah. Snell and Anthony McFarland and James Pierre and and, and and Cody White all ready to go that's that's the fruits of that labor yeah
1: In the words of coach Tomlin decide once decide once that you're going to be great decide once that you want to be a Super Bowl champ decide once don't Keep wavering. Hey, man, I really want to do it this time. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not convenient now. Oh, man, it's a little bit tougher than I thought. Oh, it's not as pretty as I wanted. No, no, no. Just decide once, man. That's it. And with that being said, I'm going to decide to go to break. So we're going to go to break right here. When we come back, we are going to get some of your tweets, comments, and concerns, and we're going to talk a little quarterback receivers. Hey. But you already know what to do. Don't touch that Dallas. Arthur the most. Wesley Euler on SNR.